Hello everybody and welcome to First and Goal, the hardest hitting up and coming SCC and ACC football podcast on the internet today. It is Tuesday, August 24th in the year 2021 and today we're going to be coming at you, we're just going to be talking a little bit of football out here. We're going to discuss a couple teams from the ACC, a couple teams from the SEC, but the simple fact is we have football coming this weekend. We have made it. SEC and ACCs don't start till next weekend, but you know what? We don't give a damn. We got football to watch, and we're ready to do the damn thing. So uh, before we jump in this thing, make sure you got in that mouthpiece. Buckle up that chin strap. You know it's going to be a hard hitter. Let's do the damn thing. Welcome everybody. How the hell are you today? We are here. We're back in the studio ready to do this damn thing. I am your host, Ben. Joined here once again by my co-host, none other than Mr. Glorious football weekend. We got some big teams coming up. ACC SEC starts next week. I believe it's starting on Thursday. Yes, sir. Thursday night. But we do have some college football this weekend. And, boy, I am beyond ready. Let's put the women and children to bed and go looking for some dinner. Damn right. That's what the hell I'm talking about, my man. Well, uh, let's jump in this thing, man. Which team you want to start off with before we get in this thing today? We got all kinds of breaking news, updates, everything else. What you want to start with? Yes, sir. Let's go ahead and start with the uh, North Carolina State Wolfpack. Yes, sir. They're go gonna Pack. And they're going to be playing uh, South Florida uh, starting on September the 2nd at 7.30 p.m. They're actually going to be the first ACC game on TV. That's what I'm talking about, man. That's what I'm talking about. Southern Florida, the Bulls down there in the Southern Florida, they're not what they once were, but I mean, it wasn't too long ago. They was a top 10 team nationally. Well, I'm telling you, and NC State ain't no slouch either. Uh, doing the research, they actually went 8-4 and four last season. And, uh, you know, put a hurting on a lot of teams, had some close games, but, uh, you know, definitely, definitely at the top. And, you know, the good thing about NC State is they're actually returning a quarterback last season that actually broke his leg in his fourth game out. His name is Devin Leary. Now, Mr. Leary was uh, fundamental in those first three wins that they got. They won all three wins before he broke when they told him to go out there and break a leg. Huh? <laughs> you ain't lying about that. Uh, Devin Leary completed uh, his season after the broke leg. He had 66 completions with 110 attempts, 890 yards with eight touchdowns and one INT. There ain't nothing wrong with that at all, especially that only one INT. That's pretty good going through three, almost four games. Yes, sir. Well, half of a fourth game anyway. And uh, they also got some good news uh, coming into the camp this week. Uh, super senior. Uh, Amika Amizi, E-M-E-Z-I-E, I don't know how to pronounce that name, but he actually returned to practice after an undisclosed injury this week. He was actually their leading receiver for the last two seasons. 
Damn right. So they got the quarterback back and they got the receiver coming back in the house. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Some big news there also is they're actually returning 19 starters overall from last season. Nine on the offense, 10 on the defense. Damn right. That's They only lost one player on the whole defense? One player. Damn it. Yes, sir. And nine on the offense. That's... That's pretty good, man. I mean, hell, maybe they can build something, do something with that team. Uh, only problem I have with North Carolina State, I've always had a little bit of a hard time trusting them because whatever reason, I mean, don't get me wrong, they've had some good teams over the years. They've had some real good years. But it's like driving through the damn mountains, Bo. I mean, one year you're up, they're up on top and looking good, and you're saying, oh, man, next year they're going to come back. They, they're going to make a run for a damn natty. they at least going to make a run for ACC championship. And the very next year, it'd be close to the same team, and some guns go out and win five games. Yeah, be like coming down the mountain without any breaks. <laughs> yeah, man. I mean, always been a. Well, let me get this microphone just a little bit here. But, uh, <laughs> always been a little bit of a consistency issue with that program. I mean, I think it's it's kind of funny because hell, the last couple of years, the Tar Heels have been playing a little better and all for a long time. They was the more dominant of the two, but. I don't know. Maybe they'll get this thing together this year. I think they're going to. I think they're going to be putting up a, a big fight uh, in the division. Uh, I think it's going to be between them, Miami, and North Carolina. And we all know how we don't trust North Carolina right now. Yeah, I am not sold on that team. That Nope. Nope, we ain't get started on that. <laughs> I'm not sold on them whatsoever. There's a lot of teams I'm not sold on, but a lot of teams I am looking forward to. Yeah, absolutely. Now, their losses last season, uh, they actually come to Virginia Tech, North Carolina, and Miami, and uh, then UK in the Gator Bowl. Yeah, they lost to Kentucky. Yes, sir. So they lost to Virginia Tech, Miami, and North Carolina Tar Heels? Yes, sir. Who all they beat last year? They actually put a whooping on um, – I didn't write that down, but I can look it up for you real quick. Gracious day, gracious day. You <laughs> see what this man's doing to me in the studio, but what the hell? <laughs> my fault, my fault. Don't worry about it, man. Don't worry about me. Hell, either way, they got eight wins. They lost three conference-wise. They play nine altogether. So they won six conference games last year, at least. Yeah, I'm pretty sure they beat Virginia last season. And I think they beat... Um, Duke, of course. Who? Duke. Duke Nukem? Duke Nukem. That, that basketball school. Oh, you're talking about the Blue Devils. The Blue Devils. Yeah, I, oh. I couldn't remember the mascot there for a second. Oh, okay, okay, okay. <laughs> Had me a little confused for a minute there, man. <laughs> but, yeah, I mean, North Carolina, they, I mean, NC State, excuse me, North Carolina State, let's not get it confused. <laughs> they ought to be able to come out and do something, though. I mean, hell, they get the quarterback back healthy. Got a star receiver back. They, should, they might can make a run of that thing. Yes, sir, I do believe so. And they're actually bringing in a wide receiver this season, a true freshman that's actually looking over uh, to take the lead from a returning wide receiver. And um, he's actually uh, looking to take over the, the spot uh, in the slot, actually, from one of the starters. So he's actually going to be pretty big for him. Yeah, man, that'd be exciting. Uh, hopefully – well, shell defense is bringing back 10 starters. That defense was pretty solid last year. Yeah. But they can be a force. I mean, just think in general, man. I mean, what a time 
to be in the ACC right now. I mean, for the last couple of years, it's been pretty ugly. Clemson's just beating the hell out of everybody, and it's been a hell of a tough division to play in. But right now, Bob, I mean, this year here, really looking at it, the ACC. You know, the Clemson Tigers would have it wrapped up. I mean, they're still a favorite, but. They're still a favorite, but, I mean, there's they, a lot of question marks there. I, that's all I'm saying, but, I mean, they're a favorite on paper, but they could very easily not win. I mean, hell, even before that, the dominance last couple of years, they were always a favorite to win the ACC, but I'm not sold on this year. And, I, boy, I'm going to tell you what, old Dabo up there in Death Valley. You listen to him the last couple of weeks, man. I don't think he's too damn sold on his team right now either. No, not at all. He's, you know, gone on record stating that, you know, they're either not trying hard enough, they're not working hard enough, or he's just not satisfied with that offensive production. Yeah, man, I mean, if you know those ACC schools, that's got to make you pick your ears up a little bit. I mean, you think about the division, but I mean, Clemson, they lost a lot. The other school that's been pretty dominant in ACC, North Carolina, last couple of years. Mm-hmm. Mac Brown came into a pretty sweet setup. But how has Mac Brown done as far as rebuilding teams over the years? He's not done too well. I mean, you, you remember what happened at Texas mm-hmm. after they had that national championship run? Kind of. Hell, they're still trying to put it back together. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's like, uh, like you discussed before, going down that mountain without no breaks. Yeah, man. I mean, so North Carolina, they lost a lot. Clemson lost a lot. There's a lot of teams on the rise. I mean, hell, you think of old Boston College up there, man. I mean, that's a force to be reckoned with. Everybody jokes about Boston College. I am telling you, that's a serious damn contender in ACC this year. I'll tell you another contender that didn't catch my eye until this past weekend, just looking into them a little bit, is Virginia. Yeah, Virginia Cavaliers. But Virginia Cavaliers, they could they could sneak up on some people. Miami. Yeah. Miami's got a hell of a team down there in Florida. Florida State, Bo. I'm going to tell you what, if there is any school coming into this year with a mountain of a chip on their shoulder ready to go out there and bust some ass, it's Florida State. Yeah, I mean, they've got that chip on their shoulder. They've been disrespected for a few years now. But not to mention they've also got something to play for. I'm about to say, man, I mean, they lost a legend. Mm-hmm. A legend, though, and Coach Bowden. Now, Bo, you've seen that tribute they did for him on campus oh my goodness that gave me chill bumps but you could have heard you could have heard it from miles away i'm surprised we didn't hear it in charleston i'm telling you man i mean that was serious and then people you could hear it you could hear it in their voices Whew, florida Just, state they they gonna be they're gonna be a force this year to be reckoned with if they ain't there's something seriously wrong yeah but i think i really do think florida state's gonna be Something, something strong, be a force to be reckoned with, if you will. <laughs> and I tell you, one more team we ain't mentioned the ACC that I think very, very well could surprise people this year. They could sneak on into that ACC championship game. You know who I'm talking about? Who? A little school up there in Winston Salem, North Carolina. Oh yeah. Yes, sir. The Demon Deacons, Wake Forest. Wake Forest. Think about all the guys. They got to come back. Hartman, mm-hmm. that was one of the best quarterbacks college football last year. He was without a doubt one of the most efficient. 
Yes, he was. He um, he definitely come up and uh, just put a hurting on a lot of kids this year when and nobody really saw the Demon Deacons coming. Yeah, man. I mean, the boat, they, look at them last year. They took North Carolina. I mean, they wasn't really blowed out in no game they played last year. They played their buddy hard. Mm-hmm. I mean, that could be a team. They got a lot, a lot of guys coming back. And they was damn good last year. Yeah. I think they surprised the hell out some people this year for sure. I mean, ACC, like I said, it is. It's wide open. It really is. There is. On paper, Clemson should win. But that's on paper. And I think that's only because of Clemson's name. Honestly. Because if you think about everything that they lost last season, that's a just... normal team. I mean, they ain't Alabama. But a normal team, they would be writing them off, putting them, you know, sixth, seventh, eighth in the, in the rankings. Oh yeah, but Bo, I mean, Clemson, the reason they're thought of is just a resume, what they've done the last fifteen years. So I mean, you're only as good as what you got on your resume. So like a job interview, man. Right. Everybody's gonna go off of what you've done recently. Right. Then they'll figure, they'll judge you as you go. As you update it, but uh, Clemson, I'm telling you, they look pretty. I don't know, they don't look too hot. No, they really don't. And to hear Debo tell it, he he's not too fond of them right now either. Yeah, Dabo, he's upset. And I mean, I get it though. I mean, you got rookie running backs. You got a quarterback who played a few games last year, DJ Uliungale. Mm-hmm. But He's still got a lot to learn. Right. I mean, the games he played in, he lost to Notre Dame. And Boston College gave them everything they wanted and then some. Right. Which, I mean, that was more so on defense in that game. He kind of saved them, but it's got to hurt your confidence a little bit. Right. Because you come in there and you think you're the next man up and you lose Notre Dame, you're like, well... At first, you say, well, they're the number one team in the nation, number two team in the nation. There ain't no shame losing them. But then Trevor Lawrence comes back, and you blow him slap out the water. Same exact team with just one player back. Yeah. It's got to hurt your confidence. Uh, quite a bit. Quite a bit. But, I mean, he's had his entire offseason to really try to to gain some momentum. But, and I don't know, I just I don't have much faith in him until he proves it. Yeah. I think he'll get there. It's just... I don't think he's going to get there this season. I think he may come on strong towards the end, which is what you always want to do. But if you lose two or three games in the meantime, especially in your conference, I mean, that ain't going to do you no good coming on at the the end. Well, I don't know, man. you got to think, too, though, in that season opener against Georgia. At first, you say, oh, man, Georgia's going to wax them. They're going to clean house. But then you look at all the boys that's injured right now at Georgia. Imagine DJ Uliungle coming in there, and even if he don't play his best game, he comes out of that game with a win. Yeah. Imagine what that could do to that young man's confidence and that whole team. I mean, Clemson's a school, once they get rolling, it's hard to stop them. Get off the track. Yeah, once they get on a roll, man, it's hard to stop them. Now, if you can kick them in the face right there in the beginning of the year, slap them in the mouth, you can give them a fit all year long. Mm Mm-hmm. But... You let that team get a little bit of momentum. 
boy, it's, it's hell to pay on everybody. Yeah, you ain't lying about that. So let me ask you something. Uh, did you read about the Big Ten, ACC, and Pac-12 alliance that came out today? I seen something about that, man. Uh, I'll be honest with you, it looks almost like a big conspiracy. It does. It really does. And it's all because the SEC is trying to grow, and they're wanting to try to do their very best to try to stop any anything that the SEC does, really. Well, you know what, man? I mean, all BS aside, I'm, I'm glad. I'm glad of that. I mean, don't get me wrong. I love the SEC. I love SEC football. Diehard Carolina fan, man, but... College football, if it ain't broke, don't fix it. If you got a good product, leave it alone. Right. And, I mean, the playoffs already kind of took away a little bit from a few things. But when you start making a super conference or mega conference like the SEC is trying to do, you're just asking – Well, from what I've read on it – Asking for trouble, man. Yeah. From what I've read on it, though – they're basically a conference without being a conference. They're all going to be voting together. Whatever one wants, they're all going to vote for. They're going to be playing uh, games with each other every season. So, for example, if the ACC and Big Ten, they're going to be dropping one non-conference game and picking up a conference uh, game between the Big Ten and the ACC. And the same would go for the Pac-12. So they may do away with all the non-conference games and just have Big Ten, Pac-12, ACC, and just roll with it like that. So that means that we may not have a South Carolina uh, Clemson game anymore after this. No, there will always be a Carolina Clemson game. You always going to have your rivals. See, what they have going on is a partnership. All this partnership is, in my opinion, is to stop the SEC from turning into a super conference. They're not. They're adding more Big Ten games to their schedules. But it's no different than what the SEC has right now with the ACC. Yeah. Look at all the ACC schools that the SEC plays during the year. Yeah. Quite a few. And then look at all the Sun Belt schools that the SEC just beats the shit out of. Oh, excuse my language. <laughs> beats the crap out of. Swear jar. Yeah. <laughs> I'll make that damn vacation fun. <laughs> but Hey, um, scare wins. <laughs> right around the corner. Yes, sir. But I don't think it's no different, really. I mean, if you think about it, ACC's been playing a lot of Big Ten schools in regular season anyways for a while now. Right. I mean, hell, they all play Maryland. They all play Notre Dame throughout but, the year. But Notre Dame's a non, or a non-affiliated. It's, a, it's an independent, man. But, I mean, they might as well be – that's the stupidest thing I've ever heard. I mean, Notre Dame, they should be – they might as well be Big Ten. Who they play all year long? Mostly Big Ten schools. They always play, okay, Purdue, mm-hmm. Michigan, mm-hmm. Michigan State, Yep. Penn State. Yep. They play in the Big Ten. Yeah. But now I've seen a lot of ACC schools this year actually have, have them on the schedule. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's just... I don't know. I don't see where it's going to be. No big deal. I'm glad I'm glad somebody's kind of pumping the brakes a little bit on the SEC. I love the SEC, like I said, but sometimes, man, you just got to look at your buddy and say, hey, chill out. 
Chill out. You're getting a little ahead of yourself. Slow it down. We yeah. got we got a good thing going. Let's roll with what we got. Right. Because the grass ain't always greener on the other side. You already got this NIL thing going on. Oh. You already got the SEC. Three, four SEC schools that are basically running college football. Right. Let's not ruin it. You start getting super conferences, but you know that's going to do all the bowl games. I love watching bowl games. I don't care who's playing what game. When bowl season runs around, I don't give a damn if it's the Chick-fil-A Bowl, the Papa John Bowl, Capital One Bowl, Independence Bowl. I love all the bowl games. You start getting super conferences and all this other crap. I mean, it just it's going to take away from a lot of significance, all that. Yeah. I agree 100%. It's just kind of... I don't know. I almost disagree with bringing Texas and Oklahoma into the SEC. But at the same time, I get it because it's bringing more money, more recognition into the conference, I guess. But it's just throwing a lot of alignment out of the window. I read a report earlier, believe it or not. They say um, there's reports of the Oklahoma Sooners going all the way back to 1999 trying to get into the SEC. Oh, really? Where they've been, been trying for years and years and years to get into the SEC, and they just hadn't been able to do it, hadn't been able to do it, and they finally got it done. But from what I understand, Texas never, not once, ever has reached out to the SEC. And then as soon as Oklahoma, they found out that Oklahoma was pretty much a done deal, they had to come along. They had to tag along. Want a piece of the pie, I reckon. Right. Which, I mean, if your program's going down and everything else, I reckon you need might as well at least find a good paying conference to get some money in that school because yeah because i mean that that program ain't been on the map since what 1998 texas yeah oh uh, i'd say 2006 i yeah, think it was that i was think it was that was the year of vince young yeah they're a one-year wonder they had a couple good years of colt mccoy i think yeah but i mean they didn't really amount to much they had some good wins but it was like three Three lost seasons, two lost seasons. Yeah. All right, so who you want to cover next, brother? Well, I figured we were just talking about the Clemson Tigers. Why don't we roll on over to the LSU Tigers? Coach O. Coach O. I'm going to tell you what, man. This team right here, I keep hearing everybody talk about Texas A&M. It's going to be the team in the West. Alabama's going to be the team in the West. Damn it. I got it marked down. I'm calling it. LSU's going to cut some ass. LSU's going to – that's the real deal. Yeah, from everything that I have saw, all the interviews in fall camp, you know, pre-fall camp, I mean, everybody just looks hungry, fired up, and just just ready to get it going, ready to play some games and hurt some people. Everybody is overlooking them by a mile, too. Yeah. You were just undefeated two years ago. Two years ago, you were arguably – one of the best college football teams in history. But the same thing happened to them as what it did to the Clemson Tigers. They lost a quarterback, running back, and the wide receivers. And then they come in and kind of laid a goose egg last year. But that was a lot due to COVID. And they had a ton of injuries last year, gracious day. And they had the worst, worst defensive coordinator in all of college football. (laughs) That was a joke. Yeah, for real. About cost Coach O his damn job. Right. But Coach O got the man out of town, got a new guy in there. 
They got some quarterbacks they've been developing. I mean, I hate I hate it for Miles Brennan because it looked like he was going to be the guy. He was going to be the starter. Looked great through the spring. Was looking great all summer long. And then, bam, season and then injury. Wasn't he the one that got hurt uh, middle midway through last year at the South Carolina game? No, Miles um, Brennan got hurt right before the South Carolina game. That's last what year. I yeah, that's what I was thinking. And they, bro, he's a hell of a quarterback. But I think what happened is maybe he uh, rushed back a little too soon. Yeah, and that's a risk you take, man. You rush back from injury. There's always the chance of. Hurt something a little worse. Being but out a little longer. The good news for him, though, is they have a backup quarterback who also got some reps last year when Brennan went down. And then when the second string man went down last year, his third string last year, this year, he's going to be your starter. Son of Super Bowl. Well, I don't know what Super Bowl was. It was in 2002 with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Brad Johnson's son, Max Johnson. And let me tell you something. This kid is a ball player he is ready to go young man looks awesome yes sir i mean he can he can throw it on a rope he can you know hit underneath he can dink and dunk and he, he can do whatever you ask him to do so i'm gonna can use some feet of his too and break one for damn 30 40 yards running downfield too if he wants oh yeah i mean but he's a hell of a damn ball player and they got running backs they are but they are loaded mm-hmm. in running back position Got several receivers come back. That defense. That looks like the same defense from a couple years ago. Yeah. I'm telling you, man, LSU is looking mean. And you just keep listening to Coach Obo. I mean, they have not hesitated one bit. They have not changed their narrative a single bit from Mm -mm. the time the season ended last year when we got into spring going forward. These guys have been the definition of hungry. Oh, yeah. I mean, a lot of guys, it's easy to go out on the podium and say, oh, we got a chip on our shoulder. We got a chip on our shoulder this year. We're going we're gonna to come out here. We want to prove people wrong. But when them fellas from LSU do it. Oh, they mean it. There ain't no smiles on nobody's faces. You, you can see it in the eyes. They mean every word they say. I mean, when they when your head coach is telling you flat out, this whole organization has a bad damn taste in our mouth and ain't but one damn way to fix it, and that's when. Mm-hmm. Whew. I remember the last time Coach O got fired up like that. It was two years ago. Yeah. We seen how that went. Yeah, it wasn't pretty for anybody they played. No, hell no. Uh-uh. God, no, what else? Whew. <laughs> that was horrible. The whole yeah, it was. Year. I mean, if you were LSU fan, it was beautiful. But from everybody else in the college football world, man, that was a nightmare. I hadn't seen a college football team go on a run like that since, hell, Tim Tebow that year when they lost to Ole Miss mm-hmm. and went back and won the Natty. I ain't seen nothing like it. Yeah, they went on a tear, that's for sure. Yeah, man, I mean, Bo, it is. It's ridiculous. And you could tell Coach O takes offense, too, when everybody wants to talk uh, Bama, Bama, Bama. He's like, hey. It ain't all about Bama over here, Bo. Well, see, man, I mean, everybody's talking about Alabama. Alabama's going to do this. Alabama's going to do that. But they keep talking about – but I hear more about Alabama and NIL <laughs> than I do in Alabama football here lately. 
Did same, you? Same thing with Texas A&M. I keep hearing about all these big money deals these players are getting, and I mean, oh, same for money, Clemson. The money's rolling in at these schools. I ain't heard jack about no NIL. Did you see that interview about, uh, with what uh, Old Saint Nick did the other day talking about the NIL? Yeah, <laughs> he was not too happy. No, sir. He basically come out and said, hey, he said, this NIL, I don't think it's going to be such a good idea anymore because these kids, they're making too much money to really want to play football anymore. Well, it's the same problem St. Nick had when he went down there to Miami to coach the Dolphins. It's a whole different thing when you're coaching a bunch of kids who ain't got no money and they're hungry and they're trying to get that next level to make a dollar. But once you get money in your pocket... I mean, it, it tends to take your focus elsewhere. It really does. I mean, I don't know about you, but a couple mil in my pocket I ain't going to be focused on football, I don't think. I mean, I hate to say it, but Bryce Young, quarterback for Alabama, man's got raw talent. Oh, yeah. He's got out-of-this-world talent. Looks phenomenal. He looked amazing in that spring game. But from everything I'm seeing, everything I'm reading and hearing, that's about the best he's looked. Was the spring game? Because if you not, if you remember, right after that was when he signed that big NIL deal. Yeah, it wasn't long. It was like probably a month, maybe two after when NIL become a thing. That's right, man. I mean, ever since then, but I mean, they they said it's been a little bit of inconsistency. Uh, one of the words I've heard them say is they say he's lacking focus. Mm-hmm. I mean, hell, if I'm 20 years old with a million dollars in my pocket. I ain't going to be focused for crap either. But one thing you're going to have to remember, too, though. They ain't going to pay you to lose. Hell no. They ain't going to pay you to lose. No, but they done signed the check now. Well, they signed the check, but, I mean, is that just for a one-time payment, or is that throughout month to month to month? Or I mean, I imagine when you get that kind of money, you sign your name on the dotted line, that's guaranteed money. That's, that's your deal. Yeah. Point blank, you gotta get paid so you can advertise your name. They're paying you for your name. Yeah, but I wonder if that's just a yearly contract or if that's for well, hell, the whole he, time he's in college. If he's twenty years old, he gets a million bucks in a year. Shit. Right. But I mean, we all know you're twenty years old. That million dollars ain't gonna be in your bank account long. I mean, I don't know. I ain't never had a million dollars, <laughs> so I don't know how damn long it takes to spend it. But right. Ain't no telling there, man. I mean, that's a whole nother can of worms. But I'm telling you, boy, LSU, back to what we was talking about, LSU, I'm telling you, that team, that is nothing. That is not a team you want to sleep on. That is not a team that you want to second guess. This ain't 2020 LSU. This is no. LSU with a full off season, a full off season, a coach in your ear. Screaming his head off. Oh, yeah. Them boys is coming to play. A new defensive coordinator that's going to uh, make sure you do your job, stay in the game. Boy, I I see big things coming from LSU this year. I I don't know. I'm kind of partial to A&M myself this year. I I think that's going to be the game that probably wins there on exactly who will go to the – um, championship game, but not championship game, but I'm talking SEC championship game. Well, I'm telling you, man, I mean, Bo, <clears throat> week one, LSU, prime time, September 4th, 8.30 in the evening, playing UCLA to Bruins. They'll kill them. 
They're going to murder him. Yeah, they'll we, kill him. Week after that, they got McNeese State. Who? McNeese State. Whoever the hell that is. My niece State? I don't know. McNeese. <laughs> September 11th, 8 o'clock. That's going to be a massacre. Yeah. Week after that, you got Central Michigan. Prime time again, 7.30. Well, so, I mean, the starters ain't going to play a full half of football. In two games? Maybe three? Maybe three. Then, your fourth week, you got Mississippi State. Mississippi State, that ain't no bad program, but, I mean. They ain't a slouch, but. Are they ready to go toe-to-toe with LSU? That that should be a win. A well-rested LSU? Yeah. That ain't going to be pretty. I mean, but they're scheduled. I'm telling you, I mean, the last four weeks, five weeks, that turns up a little bit. You got Florida, Mississippi, Bama, Arkansas, and A&M at the end of that schedule. Bobby Hill. After Mississippi State, you got Auburn. No problem. You got yeah. Kentucky after that. I mean, that's that's one you don't really want to sleep on, but this ain't a team you want to mess around with. No. And especially a team that can get off to a good start, get rolling, get some momentum under them. That's something they struggled with last year. They called hell out the gates last year. Yep. Injuries played a big part of them getting momentum. Once you get momentum, I mean, just like you said before, they are, they're a train and you can't stop them. No, hell no, you can't. But I'm telling you, <laughs> that team there, they are ruthless. Yeah, ruthless aggression. That's the only way I can think to talk about it, really, man. <laughs> but, um, hell, what now? I, what do you say we switch it back over to the SEC East? All right. Program, my favorite program. Program Near I love hearts. to talk about. Them South Carolina game cocks. How about them cocks? Yes, sir. Tell you what, they're near and dear to my heart, too. And, you know, as a lot of you know, Luke Doty's been out with an injury the last week or so. And, of course, we know that, you know, after Luke Doty's injury, Shane Beamer took the whistle from around Zeb Nolan's neck and placed a football in his hand and told him to go suit up. And late last week, he actually ascended to taking first team snaps and even continued on into Saturday's scrimmage. And they said he had a phenomenal scrimmage from what I hear. He had a very good scrimmage from what I've seen. At North Dakota State last, well, I guess you would call it the spring, he had 51 completions with 100 attempts with five touchdowns with six interceptions. Ooey. Yeah. That ain't too pretty there. Not pretty with the interceptions, but, I mean, 51 out of 100, I mean, that's that's 50%. That ain't too hot. No. But, I mean, think about, about what this young man's been through, though. I mean... First of all, he played for Iowa State. Played against Shane Beamer when he was at Oklahoma. Mm-hmm. Beamer raved about him, saying how he let them slap up in a shootout. Mm-hmm. Oklahoma came out on top, of course, which, I mean, I wouldn't expect no less when it's Oklahoma versus Iowa State. The fact that he kept them in that game and in a shootout. Damn bug. Kept them in a shootout with Oklahoma. I mean, that speaks volumes. But, I mean, he's an Iowa State quarterback mm-hmm. turned North Dakota State quarterback. Mm-hmm. Turned grad transfer coach in South Carolina, or grad assistant, right? Turned, turned grad transfer quarterback, possibly starter, 
He's a projected starter. Everything I've heard, he is the projected starter, and they say more than likely he's going to start week one. Mm-hmm. And there's a very good chance he'll be starting week two against ECU. I mean, very well could be, depending on Doty. And speaking of the scrimmage, Zeb Nolan had two touchdowns in the scrimmage, and he, including uh, a touchdown pass to Dak Joyner for six. Now, Jason Brown has also been splitting time. Uh, Jason Brown also was able to find a Marion Brown in the red zone for six, and he was actually able to get out of the pocket, get some time to be able to get a Marion Brown open. Well, Bo, they said Jason Brown, I think they say he lost like 52 or 53 pounds. Yeah, he um, lost a lot of weight. He he, Where he didn't actually play in the fall, transferred out because he wasn't able to play, he actually put on some weight from, I guess, just sitting around eating Doritos, twiddling his thumbs. I mean, it happens to the best of us. <laughs> I like Doritos. Yes, sir. <laughs> but he is in the best shape of his life, according to him. But, uh, you know, he's also in the mix, too. I, I think if... South Carolina comes out hot on Saturday. I think we see both quarterbacks play, maybe even possibly three quarterbacks, just to see who's who's the true number two. I can agree with that without a doubt. I mean, South Carolina, man, I mean, you got a lot to be excited about with this program. Oh, yeah. Especially for a program coming off of a two-win season. You got a ton to be excited about. I mean, Zeb Nolan coming in, okay? I think the reason he's getting starting reps from all my research I did is, I don't know if you knew this or not, but he actually helped Marcus Satterfield create the playbook. Yes, sir. He was a big factor in creating the playbook, writing up plays and putting them in the playbook. So who knows who better to start than the, who's going to know your playbook better than the man to help write the damn thing. Right. He's going to know it like the back of his hand. Yeah, and according to Beamer today, he's Zeb Nolan's out there. Beamer don't even have to, or, or even Satterfield for that matter, don't even have to go out and coach him up. He'll come back to the huddle and just be like, hey, this and this and this happened. I should have went here. My bad. I'll do better next time. They, they ain't even got to coach him up. He knows what he's doing. That's what I'm saying, but, I mean, you got a guy that knows the playbook like that. I mean, that's a big damn advantage when you oh, got yeah. a new coach and a new coaching staff. I mean, Jason Brown – Nothing against him. He's got tons of talent, tons oh, yeah, of arm talent. Good but sim- arm strength. The simple truth is, though, he's coming from a division, not even Division two, but Division three college mm-hmm. to the SEC. That's a huge jump. It After really is. a year off. So you got a lot of rust. You got a new program. You're playing in a way more elite, faster-paced game than you've ever played in. Mm-hmm. It's a lot for him to pick up, I mean. I can see it. I mean, with Zeb Nolan, you got a guy who played for Iowa State. Hey, that's a Division One good football team. Oh, yeah. Pretty good. North Dakota State, he went there. He was second string at North Dakota State like he was at Iowa State also. But, I mean, at the same time, he sat behind Trey Lance, oh, the yeah. number three pick in the NFL draft this year. Oh, yeah. Who better to learn from? Exactly. I mean, and you just played in the spring? Mm-hmm. So, I mean, there ain't a whole lot of rust there. You went from playing in the spring to writing a playbook to now getting ready to play in the fall. He didn't play in a spring game. He played in a spring season. Oh, yeah. Yeah, whenever South Carolina was playing the spring ball game, he was actually in the playoffs. That's what I'm saying, man. I mean, 
Dude wasn't messing around. No, no, he wouldn't. And, you know, some other, I don't know if you'd necessarily call it scary, depressing, whatever you want to call it, but, of course, the running back position right now is a man down at the moment. Yeah, Kevin Harris, he had a back procedure this summer. They say it wasn't nothing major. It was just a minor back injury. They say it's actually been bothering him for quite some time, which (laughs) that might be scary for the rest of the league because if he was playing hurt all year last year and he turned out them stats, good Lord. Yeah. Yes, sir. But Marshawn Lloyd reportedly had an impressive night in the scrimmage the other night, but there's a freshman out there that is lighting it up. His name is Juju McDowell. He's not backing down from the challenge, showing big play capability, and also has been competing in reps as a return man in special teams. Yeah, from what I understand, I think that's where he's going to get his most playing time as in special teams. They might bring him in as a passing down running back. The biggest downside for him trying to be a tailback in the college football right now, from what I understand, is his size. The young man ain't but five foot nine and 180 pounds. That's a tiny little fella there. He's tiny, but... Juju actually had, like I said, a few big plays, both in receiving and rushing. One of those rushing touchdowns was a run over 60 yards. Well, I was just getting ready to say um, he's very undersized, but South Carolina, one of their linebackers, Mr. Debo Williams, was talking about it, one of the big, one of the known headhunters of the team. Mm-hmm. When he talked about Juju, he said, Bowie said, he ain't the biggest hell, he said, but boy, he said, you can't hit what you can't catch. He said, that man is lightning fast. Oh, yeah. Definitely. From what Shane Beamer was saying uh, earlier today in the press conference, he's saying that they're definitely going to get uh, get Juju the ball. They said that he's going to be in maybe playing a little bit of slot. He's definitely in uh, competition for, you know, a return man. And he's probably going to be carrying the ball a little bit. He said the playmaking, it's just you can't ignore it. Well, Bo, I mean, that's why I don't understand this year's – I'm pumped out of my mind for mm-hmm. South Carolina this year. I mean, don't get me wrong, I'm not expecting no SEC East. I'm not expecting no run at the SEC Championship. But they're building something. Oh, yeah. And pe- I don't understand it. People keep talking about South Carolina, talking about the deficiency as far as talent. Bo, this team is loaded. I yeah. mean, look, look at the running back room, all right? You got Kevin Harris, the SEC leading rusher. I think he was number two or number three leading rusher in the nation last yeah. year. In a ten win, excuse me, ten game, <laughs> all SEC season. I wish it was a ten win. Boy, it would have been nice, wouldn't it? <laughs> but uh, you got Kevin Harris in that room, all right. Then you got Marshawn Lloyd, a five, five star, star, five star recruit, one of the best running backs in the nation. We have recruited one of the very most sought after guys. Huge playmaking abilities. He's been showing it off all fall long. He's going to be an incredible playmaker. Mm-hmm. Then behind him, you got Zaquan Jerry White. who had a little bit of fumbleitis last season, but from what I've heard, he's actually been improving that quite a bit. From what I'm saying, he's had one fumble the whole fall camp so far. And that was after the coach bragged on him. That's exactly right. <laughs> but, I mean, he's got huge playmaking abilities all over him. Then after him, you got Juju. This guy's doing all incredible things. Then you got Rashad Amos. Mm-hmm. I don't know if you forgot about him. He looked impressive last year when he played. Yeah. Then behind him you got um, what's his name? Jaheem. Jaheem Bell. Yeah. Tied in. Splitting reps at tied yep. end and running back. Yep. He looks. I mean, that's 
they're loaded. I'm telling you, that running back room is very impressive. Wide receivers, they haven't really shown much the last couple of years, but from what I understand, man, they are showing up in the fall. All right, boy, you got DK in there. Dak, the carry-on joiner. Yep, a Marion Brown. A Marion Brown. Joiner, they've been raving about how oh, yeah. amazing he looks. They've oh, been, yeah. That's exciting to hear about Josh Van. Josh Van, they've been raving about him, too. Yes, sir. I mean, he's got huge play. But he was a hell of a damn recruit when he signed on. Mm-hmm. Georgia Bulldogs were drooling over him. Mm-hmm. Then after Josh Brown, you got um oh what the hell is his name? Played about half a year last year. Oh, you're talking about um. If I wasn't gonna say his name, I could say it any time I want. Yes, to. sir. You ain't lying. Um. Ortray. No, no, we got Ortray Smith. Don't get me wrong, Ortray Smith. I mean, he's coming back. But um, the man that transferred last year out of Division Two. Oh, Brooks. Yeah, Jalen Brooks. Jalen Brooks. They said he's been making all kinds of incredible mm-hmm. plays. Or Trey Smith. Mm-hmm. Xavier Leggett. Yeah. Everybody forgets about Xavier Leggett, but a couple years ago, he was looking like he was about to be the next Alshon. Yeah. Got derailed by damn injuries and everything yeah, else. Same but. with Ortray. Ortray was looking uh, looking like another big playmaker, too, until he got injured. Yeah. I know that receiver room. There's a lot more talent than people are giving it credit for. Yeah. People – it drives me insane, but it's – that's the problem with South Carolina. One of the best fan bases there is. But, damn. Muschamp's gone. Yeah. Get your head out the Muschamp era. It's not Muschamp era no more. It's time for Beamer Ball. There's new coaches. They've got a new wide receiver coach. And to me, to live in the past like that is a slap in the face to this receiver room, to Coach Beamer, and to Coach Justin Stepp. Yes, sir. Give these guys the credit and respect they deserve. Damn it, man. I mean, let's face the facts. The last coaching regime you had in South Carolina didn't develop talent. No. No. It's that simple. They they did not develop. They tried to draft talent that was already there that they didn't have to develop. And it didn't work. Exactly, man. I mean, hell, you have you had guys signing their four or five-star players and regressed. Oh, yeah. I mean. But then you had players that signed that were – Two and three stars that come up and did pretty good, went to the NFL. Yeah, but, I mean, the last coaching staff did not have it. No. Point blank, period. And it makes me sad because I love Muschamp. Yeah, I mean. But when you step back and look at it. He's a coordinator. Yeah. Don't need to be a head coach. No. Don't need to be a head coach. No. Maybe at a smaller school, but not, not in the SEC. I mean, this team is loaded with talent offensively. Oh, yeah. Let's let's talk about defense for a second. I was about to say, I mean, hell, look at that defensive line. I'm yeah. telling you, it's it's actually looks looks like it's locked up. The starters on your defensive line are going to be Kingsley and Gabari, Aaron Sterling on the edges. The interior guys look like it's going to be Jabari Ellis and Zach Pickens. Did you know? All right. Here's another thing. All right. South Carolina, their defensive line don't get a whole lot of love. People say, oh, they should be good, they should be good. But, man, they had problems this year, last year. Once again, my point to not developing talent. Coming to this year, did you know South Carolina, every single one of their projected starters on that defensive line, every single one of them is a four-star or five-star player? Wow. Every single one of them. Yeah. Ingabari was a four-star. Yep. 
Jordan Birch. Five star. Five. All right. And, and possibly even – I, I think the only one – was one of the highest recruited players. I think the only one higher is uh, Clowney, wouldn't it? Yeah. All right. Interior lineman. Pickens. Zach Pickens. Five star. Mm-hmm. Jabari Ellis was a four star. Um, Jabari Ellis is a four star, yeah. Yep. Aaron Sterling was a four star. Yep. You're loaded. Loaded. Mm-hmm. Four or five stars all the way across the board. I mean, oh, yeah. Oh. I mean, look at the linebacker crew, too, man. I mean, you've got four and five stars there. You've got a couple of transfers that are three stars, but that's only because they were, you know, transferred in from JUCOs or, you know, smaller universities. When you get four and five star defensive linemen, you're looking at first and second round picks in the NFL draft. Yeah. Nine times out of ten. Yeah. So, basically, South Carolina's whole defensive line, you're looking at first round, second round NFL players. Yeah. That's elite. That's big time. You ain't lying. Then you look at the linebacker core. Mm-hmm. You got a damn middle linebacker comeback for his sixth season. Yeah. Six. Yep. That's going to be a hell of a leader. You got a new guy sitting there. He's going to be second string, but I know he's going to be getting a lot of reps. Debo Williams coming yeah. in. Showed incredible ability in that spring game. Well, he's a headhunter like you said before. He will not. He has a natural ability, though, to read the offensive line. Yeah. He ain't got to watch quarterback. He ain't got to watch running back. He ain't got to watch receiver. He can look at the offensive line and respond. I mean, fractions of a second, read the play on the ball. Flies to the ball. Linebacker, I mean, there's a little uncertainty there, but I'm, I feel pretty confident in him. But then you look at the defensive backs. Better at safety. Roderick. Yep, R.J. Roderick. Hell, they predicting him to be a first-round NFL pick. Yep. They're actually, uh, the latest mock draft I saw, they've got him ranked at 32. First round. Yes, sir. And then you've got a JUCO transfer in Marcellus Dow, who's been the talk of the town in Columbia. Yes, sir. And uh, He got some reps, and after the first day of practice, that was when that Kansas transfer transferred out, which, I mean, I'm not going to say that was what happened. He lost a family member and, our sympathies and thoughts and prayers go out to that young man. Absolutely. Hope whatever he's going through, he gets through it and gets through it okay and gets back to doing what he loves and can get back on the football field somewhere to show off that special talent he has, whether yep. it be South Carolina or any other school. We wish him, wish him nothing but the best. Absolutely. Him and his family. But, I mean, the Juco man, he came in there. He showed out. When yep. the opportunity presents itself, he showed out looked great. Cam Smith. Yep. He's been lingering a foot injury all this damn fall, but hell, even lingering a foot injury, they're still ranting and raving about how good he looks. Yep. You got a lot. And then you've got that one that's uh, they're thinking going to be a nickelback. I can't remember his name, though, off the top of my head. But he was a transfer in, too. He's going to be a what? Nickel or uh, spur, whatever you want to call him. Oh, I thought you said nickelback. <laughs> I was about to say, don't you insult that damn man like that. <laughs> Look at this photograph. Oh, God. <laughs> On that note, I'll be right back. Hey, give me a drink. <laughs> but, man, I'm telling you, this this South Carolina team just looks awesome. From everything that I've seen, everything that I've heard, everything that I've read. Coaching I mean, staff. say again? Coaching staff. Yeah, coaching staff, man. I mean, you're looking at, at these kids that 
you know, at these kids who are just, you know, so excited to be in South Carolina. You've got these coaching staffs that are just so just happy to have jobs at South Carolina, just so excited. Dream jobs for a lot of them. And, uh, you know, what? But it's just, it's a breath of fresh air. Everybody's just happy. Everybody, I mean, the whole mentality of this program has changed. It's not just about, like, when Muschamp was there, it was room, you know, it was about quarterback rooms, running back rooms, defensive rooms, defensive backs, wide receivers. They ain't none of that with this program. It's all we, no me. Another thing is when Muschamp was there, they cut off the whole public on outside mm-hmm. no media no fans no nothing they close them they use that indoor facility to isolate the team from the world yep south carolina's a team that you can't disconnect them from the fan base that fan base and williams bryce that's their fuel yeah and i mean when you take them away you try to isolate them out the picture but then you want the stadium to be packed and you want to criticize the fans, I mean, but it was just toxic. Well, well, here's the thing to remember. In South Carolina, we do not have any sort of a professional team, unless you want to say soccer. But I don't really want to include soccer. Hey, we'll hey, not hey. Go there. You, got the Car- you got South Carolina Stingrays. Well, I mean, they're not really a, a NHL team, though. Hey, hey, they're <laughs> champions. <laughs> Show some respect. Actually, you got the Carolina Hurricanes. That's NHL. But that's North Carolina, isn't it? That's South Carolina. Is it? Yes, sir. Come at me, bro. (laughs) Okay. But anyway, we're too far south to really give two craps about hockey. Well, I mean, it's warm down here. We don't keep (laughs) up with ice sports. But football is the one true love down here. We like baseball, but it's all about football. The only two schools that we have are worth a crap. Is Clemson and South Carolina. In Division One. In D1. So, of course, they're going to be passionate about the teams they follow. You're upstate, you're more than likely going to be a Clemson fan. You're down here in the south, it's all about the Gamecocks. From about Columbia on down, you got a lot of Gamecock fans. Columbia up, there's a lot of Clemson fans. Which I ain't a lot of. There's a ton of Clemson fans all over the state. There's a ton of Carolina fans all day. I mean, it's some real integrated mixed up crowd all the way through i guess that's why it's such a heated rivalry is because everywhere you go you got one or the other yeah they ain't uh i mean you in a crowd you're going to at least see one or two south or uh clemson fans down here in the south but you know it's you're always going to have a heated rivalry no rivalry a heated argument no matter who you talk to you know, it's it's just a beautiful thing to be had. Yeah, man, without a doubt. I mean, it's a hell of a rivalry and everything else. But see, that's another problem with the former coach staff, I think, is Muschamp and those guys, when they came in, but I mean, they didn't give a damn about Clemson. No. I mean, realistically, you want a rivalry game for Muschamp, it was Florida, <laughs> Georgia, Tennessee. That was his rivalry games. Yeah. Let's be real. Beamer, he gets it. Has Beamer yet to say Clemson Tigers? No. <laughs> all, all I keep hearing is that team in the upstate. 
that's all I keep hearing. But uh, they show a lot of respect to each other. Him and Dabo, they both show a lot of respect to each other, but they both make a little jazzy. It reminds me a lot of Spurrier days, honestly. This whole coach staff, man, I mean, Bo, it's just... I cannot believe how overlooked this team is. I mean, hell, I, I, ain't, I was overlooking them. Yeah. I was kind of looking at the season saying, well, it's a new staff. I don't want to expect too much. And, I mean, I'm still not going to try to exceed expectations. I'm not going to try to put too much out there, but... Well, I'm telling you, this team here, they got a lot, a lot of talent. I'm telling you, there's a bunch of coin toss games that South Carolina plays this year. I wouldn't be surprised for a six-win game, uh, six-win season. No, I think six wins is five, six wins is the expectation from a lot. Hell, Vegas ain't got them listed, but three and a half wins. Three and a half wins, but. Six wins is reasonable. I wouldn't be surprised to see him hit eight. I mean, it's doable. At least seven. It's doable. I mean, you've got games against Tennessee. That's a very winnable game. Kentucky's a very winnable game. Florida. Florida's a very, very winnable game. I'm not sold on the Gators at all this year. Georgia's probably a loss, but I mean, at the same time, we thought two years ago that that was going to be a loss. Mm-hmm. Georgia got a lot of injuries. They got a lot. Especially in week three. They got a lot of injuries. Well, think about this. Georgia, week one, Clemson. Not sure who they play week two. Week three, there's us. Mm-hmm. Which, I mean, they got a good little tune-up game, if I am mistaken, before they play us. Right. Pretty sure they do. But with Georgia having the injuries that they have right now, coming into a very physical game with the Clemson Tigers, who's to say they ain't got more injuries coming into week three? Oh, I mean, it's very likely. Well, I mean, Carolina at the same time, hell, you got the starting quarterback hurt. But the beautiful thing with South Carolina, what's so funny is people, even the quarterback situation, you. A lot of people were panicking, saying, oh, the season hinged, and Shane Beamer addressed <laughs> that by me. Beamer, he made a good point, because if you really look at it, Bo, a lot of times you got backups, and you really are concerned and worry about them. But Bo, South Carolina, I mean, Luke Doty, yeah, he got hurt. That That's terrible. You want to see him get back, without a yeah, doubt. that sucks. But, but you telling me this team cannot go out and win games with Zeb Nolan? I think they can. I think I, they can without a doubt. They can with Zeb Nolan. I think they can with uh, Josh Brown. Jason Brown. Or Jason Brown, excuse me. I don't know why I said Josh. And they they got another quarterback, true freshman, Colton Gothier. Yeah. I'm going to tell you what. I, I'd be willing to bet massive if, amounts of money. If he you could come in and he can make plays, especially if he gets time to sit. If he sits for a year and he came in next year, I'm going to tell you what, next year, that quarterback, Luke Doty, going to have his hands full. Yeah, absolutely. And if you haven't yet, you need to go to YouTube and look up Colton Gothier's interviews. The last two that he's done. Anytime the man speaks, but I mean, just... He commands respect just talking to the reporters. Well, it gets me... It ain't so much about command respect, Bo, but... He's a true freshman, an early enrollee. Yeah. 
And, Bo, he sounds like a fifth-year senior. Yeah. He really does. I mean, he sounds like he sounds like a damn three-year starter. He really does. And when he's talking about his team. Oh, he's passionate. He's passionate about his team, and it's already like he has is in that starting role, and he's taking ownership of the team, even though he's third string. I ain't too sure he's third string, huh? <laughs> Honestly, I... I think the big reason he is not starting week one, which he said, that's his goal. Yeah. But I think the biggest reason he's not starting week one, I would not say it's so much of a talent. I wouldn't say it's so much of a production thing. I think more so than anything, it's just a, hey, why don't you sit this thing out? Why don't you sit back and learn? Stay healthy. I think they're going to try to educate this young man. I mean – you know, if you hear Marcus Satterfield talking about this kid, but he is just all raving nonstop about Colton Gothier, mm-hmm. about what kind of talent this kid is. Elite talent, to take the words out of his mouth. Yeah, man. I mean, going on about how elite he is, how they, they joke, even they joke around saying he's a true freshman. They said, but damn, he acts like a fifth year senior out here. <laughs> yeah. Said he acts like an old man, but, uh, I mean, that's just your quarterback room. I mean, that's three guys right there. And then on top of that, you got to carry on Joyner taking reps at quarterback, which he's still doing most of his reps at receiver, but he is taking some reps at quarterback, which we thought was a new development. Turns out he's been doing that since spring. Yeah. From everything that we hear, they're making a you know, special package for him, almost like a uh, wildcat or something of that nature. I don't think it's going to be a wildcat. I do not think it's going to be a wildcat. I think he's going to be throwing the ball. There's going to be a couple design runs from him, but I think there's going to be a lot of plays where he's actually throwing the ball. Well, just think about this, though. Luke Doty comes back, starting quarterback. You bring in Dak at quarterback. You've got Doty, wide receiver. He played wide receiver last year. Mm-hmm. You can make that work, especially with Doty's speed as well. I'm going to tell you, but you got two guys with killer speed. Both of them dual threat quarterbacks. Doty's a four-star quarterback. Guess what? DeKerion Joyner, he was a four-star dual threat quarterback. That's yeah. what he was recruited as. Yeah. And bonus. The, opp- the possibilities are endless. And here's something that really chaps my behind. For the last three or four years, we've heard how Dak Joyner does not have a big arm. You can't get it down the field. What's one thing that Marcus Satterfield said about Dak Joyner whenever they was talking about him in the interview? Oh, he said that he was really amazed by how well he did. He said they brought him into the huddle, or they brought him into the offense quarterback. He said immediately he came into the huddle, commanded the offense like a leader, like he's been playing the position all along. He said, but what really stood out to him was the great throws he was making. He said, and he said he had really great arm strength. Damn. So just a raw, raw talent. Yeah. Something we've been hearing for years that he didn't have. Funny how that works. Yeah. That's why Muschamp is gone. You got to develop talent. I don't I don't know. I, don't, I really don't understand why he never really got a shot at that position before now. I mean, hell, they go on and on and on talking about a guy can't throw the ball. But then you bring in a 
coach who just came out to NFL. Granted, he wasn't a quarterback coach, but he still has experience coaching quarterbacks in yeah. college level. Yeah. And he's saying he's got an above average arm. Well, he's coming straight from the NFL as a line coach, but saying that he's got NFL talent yeah. at arm. Yeah. And you look, hell, you look back at that Georgia game. Some of the throws that he did. Oh, he made some great throws in that game. Yeah. It didn't look best on paper, but if you actually watched the game and seen the throws he made, but he made some pretty impressive throws in that game. And they say he, that he is a natural thrower on the run, throwing across the body. That's something very difficult to do. Yeah. But you got tons of talent. Yeah, I mean, if I'm not mistaken, Satterfield actually compared him to a Lamar Jackson. He did. I think he did. I mean, South Carolina fans, you got a lot to be excited for. I'm excited. I'm I'm especially excited. You know, it's going to be just a great thing to watch Saturday next Saturday night with the South Carolina Gamecocks. You know, they should put put a hurting on this team coming in. But I mean, you've also got so much football to watch in between. You've oh, got yeah. a great day of football. You've got games starting this coming Saturday, Big Ten game. And you've got some, you know, some other games coming on. Oh, yeah, man. I mean, you got football coming up this weekend and next Thursday. You got both NC State playing, but you also got Tennessee playing next Thursday. Yeah. That's going to be a good well, look at them. Well, games, games start Saturday. And if, uh, I think they also have games coming on Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, and Saturday. Well, next Friday you got, uh, if I'm mistaken, I think it's Virginia Tech. Let me see. Yeah, next Friday. You got Virginia Tech in Blacksburg playing North Carolina Tar Heels. That's so, going to be a hell of a game. At 6 o'clock. I mean, Virginia Tech, you got a – boy, there's a lot of uncertainty in Virginia Tech. I mean, you start quarterback's gone, which from what I understand, he transferred out because he was in a lot of jeopardy of losing that job. They got a good guy coming in there. But you lost a hell of a running back in Khalil Herbert. Hate to see him go. But he's now with the Chicago Bears – Pursuing his NFL dreams. But I'm going to tell you right now, Virginia Tech and a Friday night in Blacksburg, cranking up Sandman by Metallica. <laughs> Gives me chills just thinking about it. Yes, sir. I mean, Bo. We're gonna be, it's going to be a busy week next week for us because there's going to be a lot of material coming out. Yes, sir. A lot of things go over. We'll have another one coming back for you later this week also, but... uh. What a time to be alive, man. I'm telling you, it's the most wonderful time of the year. Football, college football, right around the corner. Yes, sir. I'm pumped. Damn, I'm ready for it. Ready to get that smoker going next Friday night? Saturday morning, whenever we do it? Yes, sir. Throw a brisket on there. The, get the rum flowing? Going to be a great, great time. Oh, without a doubt, man. I mean, it's, it's going to be great. And then also, I mean, after all that, though, the whole weekend of football, then you got Sunday to close it out. You got Florida State playing Notre Dame. Yes, sir. In Tallahassee. I'm sorry, Notre Dame, but I'm going to give you a loss on that one. only thing that makes me a little nervous is Mike Norvell. Norwell. Is it Norvell? 
I think it's Norwell. The only thing that makes me a little nervous is they still have not named a starting quarterback for the offense. That makes me a little nervous. Well, from everything that I've read about that, he is trying to instill leadership. He's wanting to see leadership in one of the quarterbacks. And he's not just wanting himself to make that decision, but he also wants it to be a team decision, not just a coaching decision. Do what? Yeah. He wants the team to have the confidence in his quarterback. Do, do they need to go look at the highlight reel of Mackenzie Milton? I guess so. I mean, I'm sorry, but uh, you won three games last year. I don't really give a damn what you say. <laughs> right? <laughs> There's a reason you're the head coach. When you're head coach, man, you got to take you got to take the reins. You got to grab the bull by the horns. You got to demand you got to show your authority, all right? You know what I'm saying? You got to demand mean, respect from your team. I mean, this is coming from the same man that had uh Oh god, don't even talk <laughs> about the damn coaches from the spring game, celebrity coaches. <laughs> Let's bring in Florida Gators. Florida Gator fans to come in and call coaches a Seminole game. That's the only worry I have about Florida State this season is just the man at the helm. No, that's, I'm, that's, t- I'm telling you right now, I don't like saying this because I don't wish nothing bad on nobody. Don't want nobody to lose their job. But if Florida State, which, I mean, don't get me wrong, they sound – pumped up out of this world. Mm-hmm. I'm telling you, but if you listen to that tribute they had on campus for Bobby Bowden, good Lord. Yeah. That that would give you chills down your spine. Oh, and yeah. if you playing them their first game, that would put fear in your heart hearing that. It should. It really should. Because that's the team that's hurting. But I'm telling you, if they don't come out and play football, if they come out and have another fiasco like last year, after losing the legend, no. Yeah. He, he's, 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 he's out the door. He needs to be. He's on. If he doesn't know it, he's on a hot seat. Yeah, he's on thin ice. I wouldn't necessarily call it a hot seat. He's on a hot, well, I'll say he was He was on thin ice before. But when you lose a coach like that, the alumni, the fans – they're going to want that team to come out and honor that man. Yep. They're going to want them to come out and play damn football. Yep. He's now in a hot seat on thin ice. Yes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> but, <coughs> well, uh, I don't know about you, man, but I think it's been a good evening of talking some football. We're going to be back in here in a couple of days. Get some old material pumped out, but uh, I think this is a good note to close it on. I agree. I really do think that uh, the next few days are just going to be so jam-packed, exciting. Football Saturday. You've got NFL preseason. It's football time. The most wonderful time of the year. Yes, and I'm sir. so, so pumped. Oh, out of this world, man. Out of this world, I am. I'm ready. 
But uh, if y'all don't mind, man, we're going to close this thing out. How about share it with your friends? Leave, give us some feedback. Message us. Share, like, subscribe, whatever you got to do. DM us on Facebook, First and Goal, on Twitter, at First and Goal Podcast. We love your info. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, your input, excuse me. <laughs> <laughs> well, we love we like info, too. If you've got info that we may not have shared that, you know, that uh, you think could be useful on the podcast, let us know. We'll share it, and we'll give you credit for it. Yeah, man, I mean, anything you can do. This ain't just our show. This is y'all's show. Yes, sir. This is a show for the football fans. Yes, sir. There's just so many podcasts out there that they just talk. They're not really passionate about their their fans. They just like to hear themselves talk. That's right. That's exactly right, man. But um, with that being said, boy, I appreciate y'all tuning in. And we'll see you next time. Love y'all. We're going to end this thing playing a little tribute to Coach Bowden so y'all understand what we were talking about. All right, let's hear it. I'll be good.